Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Commission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there, Tony. Always an enjoyable time to be with you. Hope you're doing well and hope our listeners are doing well whenever they uh, grab a hold of this podcast and episode and listen to it. We are really excited about what we're going to present today. Hmm. Uh, it, it It's something that we kind of touched on in a previous podcast episode, mm-hmm. and, and you have hinted at it, like, hey, maybe we'll talk about that in, pre, in a future episode. Mm-hmm. And can I say, we, we say that a lot, but I don't know if we've picked up on any of those <laughs> topics yet, but this may be mm-hmm. the first where we're actually picking up on a topic that you'd said Maybe we'll touch touch on that it, in it, the future. It may even form a trilogy yeah. that we talked about. How about that? So uh, we, in in some other episodes and other podcast episodes, we have kind of touched on the issue of uh, God's will for our life. How does someone know if they're called to missions uh, and things of that nature? Well, off mm-hmm. of that, you made a comment about... Uh, what if someone is, you know, the burden versus the call? And then what if someone surrendered to go and submitted to go? And all those are excellent points and a, and a very important part of the beginning part of that process of God, here I am, use me. <laughs> but what do you do when you have someone who is surrendered to go? Mm-hmm. They're saying, Lord, I'm willing. Mm-hmm. But God keeps them here in the in in a sense in their home place, they, and they never go anywhere. There, God keeps them and in a sense places them just where they're at, mm-hmm. and that's a unique thing. Especially when you think about the need, you know, as missionaries and as directors, when we go into into churches, we are we are constantly saying. There's a need for more laborers, a need for more laborers. Uh, and we, we can give statistics about how few there are and so on and so forth. And then you have someone who is surrendered. <laughs> and then yet God doesn't send them sure. overseas to be that light mm-hmm. in a dark place. Yeah. And what what should that person do? Yeah. What can they do? How should they feel? Um, that, I think, is a, is a great topic because... There are people in that very situation sitting in yeah. churches all across our listening mm-hmm. audience, wherever that may be, where someone knows that, God, I am willing to go anywhere, but yet God just wants them where they're at. Yeah, you know what? I think I think part of the, the topic has to hit on this in that a lot of times we begin to really consider surrender and talk about surrender when missions conference rolls around in the church. Not that it's never preached at any other time, but that is a time where we're really kind of focused on surrender, surrender, surrender. And because of that, I think oftentimes in our minds, even maybe subconsciously, we tie surrender to, I am surrendered to go to the mission field. But in in our Christian lives, we are called to a far greater surrender than I am surrendered to go to the mission field. The, the Christian call, if you want to say it that way, is full and complete surrender to the will of God, no matter what that is, no matter where that is, no matter when that is. And so I think what happens sometimes, and and I can even give some examples of, uh, I, I can think right now, I am thinking specifically of some uh, Camp Bimmy students that, that I met 
back in, wow, t- 10, 11 years ago at least. And I can think of, especially of a single young lady who came through Camp Bimmy 1, Camp Bimmy 2, Camp Bimmy 3, and she was going through this struggle. And she was actively involved in her local church. She was actually teaching in the Christian school in her church. But she wanted so badly to go to the mission field. And and I can remember my wife uh, speaking with her many, many times. I can remember her being in tears about, I want to go to the mission field. I'm surrendered to go to the mission field. And I, I can remember also, and I think it was in her third year of Camp Bimmy, where she finally kind of had this aha moment. And she, she realized, oh, I've never really been fully surrendered to what God wants me to do. I've wanted to go to the mission field, but I've never been fully surrendered. And I'm going to paraphrase her at this point, but I remember her just kind of then embracing that God had placed her in that local church, and she was having such a tremendous impact on other young ladies. She was bringing in three, four, five students every year with her to Camp Bimmy who were interested in missions, and and God in his wisdom had decided that that was what he was going to use her for, and she just kind of needed to embrace that and understand I thought I was surrendered because I was surrendered to go, and that's what I really wanted to do. Whereas she just needed to say, I am surrendered to whatever God wants me to do, and that means I'm staying. And God used her in a tremendous way. And there are actually uh, people on the mission field today as a direct result of this young lady's influence in their life um, and really encouraging them towards missions and her final full surrender to say, God, I still want to go. The desire to go to a foreign field really was never never taken away from her, it seems like, or she never let go of that. But she decided, this is where God wants me, and I will serve where God puts me. You mean there's there's reality to that song where it says, we sing it usually at invitation time, I surrender all? Are we actually <laughs> supposed to surrender all? Is that what you're truly saying? <laughs> it, but, but it is true because, you know, even even though— we we kind of have a very pure motive of I want to be used overseas, mm-hmm. but God may not have us to be sent overseas, and so we have to be willing to to do that as well, and to accept that this is how God, in His providence and in His wisdom, is is directing my life. That okay, I'm not going anywhere. But you know what? The the great thing is is that is that first off, someone with a heart of missions mm-hmm. is in that church. Right. And though God may not bring them to a foreign field to minister, there is still so much that they can do mm-hmm. in in the world of missions. Right. Um, just to be uh, an asset to that church in regarding and promoting missions. For mm-hmm. example, you know, we, we've talked a lot of times about uh, trying to create that culture mm-hmm. of missions sure. in a church. And we've even had Dr. Snyder, our, our president of BIMI, get on with us and, and have a conversation about how do you create a culture mm-hmm. of missions. And, and I remember something that he said specifically, that his church was kind of into missions a bit, but not really huge, until he got called into missions, and that church then began to realize, hey, we're going to be ascending church, and right. so on and so forth. And he said it really helped transform their knowledge and awareness 
about what they can do mm-hmm. in missions. Now, if you had someone in a church who has a heart for a foreign field, for to say, God, I'm willing to go anywhere, well, that person can be that catalyst within the church to help mm-hmm. make awareness of the foreign field and of the needs there amongst their own church sure. family. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big task because mm-hmm. as you started off even this podcast episode saying, sometimes there's only things we talk about when it comes to mission conference. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about surrender and sometimes it's such a big point of emphasis in a missions conference and maybe not as much throughout the rest of the year. Well, to have someone who can be that catalyst to of sparking on on let's talk about what's going on in the world because my heart is there mm-hmm. though God has me here wow that can be a huge mm-hmm. asset to any church absolutely and not just a, a huge asset to that local church but to missions around the world i think if we could bring our usa director bob larson into this conversation he would tell us that you know we need strong missions minded churches to to reach the world. We need them right here in the United States so that they're producing missionaries and have the ability to send missionaries out. And if the pastor has a vision and catches a vision for that, he can go a long way to encouraging the church. But, you know, you get a couple more people in the church that are on fire for missions. And maybe that is their their calling, even though they say, you know what, I would love to go, but I'm here and I'm going to go back to the, the young lady at Camp Bimmy who God used in such a great way to see so many end up coming through Camp Bimmy. Some are on the field even now. And uh, God decided this is this is her sphere of influence. And when she embraced that, it really, really took off. And, um, you know, we need those kinds of people in the local church because if if just, you know, everybody with a mind for missions just left and went to the field, I'm not sure how many churches would have strong missions emphasis. Mm. Uh, and so there has to be a balance of people who say, you know, what, I'm just really interested in getting people to the field. I can think of people that we have ministered to in the churches we've been able to be a part of and all and uh, who know that really that that's what God wants me to do. I'm going to be here and encourage people towards missions. I'm going to encourage the missionaries when they come in. I'm going to be involved in missions. I'm going to be at missions conference. I can think of people in in the church in Arizona that literally would change their entire schedule. And if they had thought that, you know, vacation was even going to interfere, they would say, no, missions is more important. Mm -hmm. And they had such a heart that I'm sure they would love to go to the field, but they knew that God said, hey, this is where I'm going to use you to encourage this church, to encourage others, and to encourage these missionaries in what they've been called to do as well. And so it's it's really, I think what what we have to stress is surrender to go, called to stay doesn't mean that you are somehow now second class in the field of missions, mm-hmm. involved in missions. You are a vital link in the chain of carrying out the task of missions around the world. And and so these people who will embrace that and say, I'm surrendered, and that means I know right now God said stay, 
they're just as important as the person who says, I'm surrendered, and I know that right now that means God says go. Yeah. And in, in a sense, in a lot of ways, you and I are both in that situation. We're willing to go where anywhere God would want us to be. In fact, sometimes we try to. I, I, <laughs> trust me, if I was allowed to buy a plane ticket, to, I mean, I, but... Truly, I see the need. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think sometimes in my own heart, God, why am I here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, when I'm willing mm-hmm. to live in Vietnam? I'm mm-hmm. willing to live in Thailand. I'm willing mm-hmm. to live in a Muslim nation like Indonesia. I truly think in my heart of hearts before the Lord, I could say I am willing to go to those places. and But yet, God has me here in this capacity in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, and so what do I do? Obviously, I'm promoting missions everywhere I go. But even in my local church, I'm trying to promote missions. Mm-hmm. We've talked before about missions committees We've and, and, and being that encouragement to missionaries when they come through because been there, done that. I understand what they've gone through and are going mm-hmm. through. And so I'm trying to help them uh, right. be that breath of fresh air to them. Mm-hmm. So that someone is encouraging them rather than them just encouraging right. the church about mm-hmm. missions. And so there is a lot that uh, you can do in, in a capacity of just staying back. And that's, that's a, you know, a, a real battle that I will readily admit that I sometimes wonder, God, why do you have me here when I could be overseas? And, and, but I don't feel second class. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Okay, God has a role for me. Mm-hmm. And God has a role for you. God has a role for all of us. And and so let me fulfill that role and do all that I can where he has placed me. And that's the key thing. Let me do what I can where he has placed me. Mm-hmm. And he's placed me here. He's not placed me overseas at this time. So I want to do every single thing that I can to make him known and to promote the cause of Christ um, amongst those I get to interact with. Yeah, I think I think we're not unique amongst the directors here. I think if you asked any director, hey, would you like to go back to that place where you came from to, you know, take on this new ministry or would you be willing to go somewhere else? I think they everybody would say absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even sometimes jokingly we have that conversation um, recently, we were on a, a fairly lengthy trip, and uh, our president and general director called me and he said, "Hey, where are you? where are you?" And I I mentioned the place I was, and I said, "I, I think I'm called to plant a church here." <laughs> and, and he said, "After me." <laughs> no, it was a, it was just a kind of a comical yeah. you know conversation, but again, I think that comes back to maybe where we've started at the beginning, and that is surrender to anything Mm -hmm. because as much as you say hey i would love to go live in vietnam or indonesia or even back to australia Mm -hmm. i'm sure right yeah um it takes a a lot of surrender on a regular basis to say but i know i am where i am supposed Mm -hmm. to be and so i am staying and i'm going to stay with the right spirit and a right attitude and i'm going to do what I can for the Lord and for the furtherance of the gospel. We're not unique in in the fact that sometimes a church will reach out and say, hey, would you be willing? Would you consider candidating or something? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I always have to come back to the place where I say, I'm doing what God told me to do. Mm -hmm. And and when I surrendered, I took away the liberty from myself to call the shots from that point forward. 
I don't I don't have the liberty to say, yes, I'm going to go plant this church over here, or I'm going to candidate at this church, or I'm going to go to this mission field. I gave God that control when I said, I surrender. I'll do what you want, when you want me to do it, where you want me to do it. And I, And so it comes back a little bit to what we talked about in our previous podcast. I do think they're they're tied together and and to try to try to just spend the one podcast on this was yeah. probably never going to be enough yeah I, I, I can't help but just think every time you say I surrender, I always want to just break into song, I surrender all. I'm sorry. It just It's so ingrained. So many invitations you stand through. Um, but one of the things that's neat is when someone has that heart for people groups and folks of a different land to know the gospel and has that heart's desire of, boy, God, I want to be used in any way to reach those who don't know. Well, the good thing is, is we definitely live in a environment now where there's a lot of people from foreign lands mm-hmm. here in the States, and that creates mm-hmm. an opportunity of, I, I know for myself, I think that I see a lot of Indian mm-hmm. people, people from India work in, work in different establishments. And, and I know my heart is, I want to try to connect with them. Because if I'm going to go over to India uh, and minister as I do in my capacity, well, why yeah. wouldn't I? Try to right. reach them here. Mm-hmm. And and so that creates, take any community, and you have this wonderful opportunity of, mm-hmm. God didn't send me somewhere else, but the world is coming to where I'm at, and, mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity yeah. to minister in that way. Mm-hmm. And so many doors that could be opened in, in that avenue. But one, of the, one of the things I think that also someone can do is, if they have that heart, God, I'm willing to go anywhere— and, and and like you said, they need to submit in all areas, not just I'm surrendered to missions, but I'm surrendered to whatever you would have used me to do. But they have that interest, that desire, that passion for for things. I would say then that's a person who could be a great catalyst in their church to spur on mission trips yeah. and to take mission trips themselves or to help others mm-hmm. to go on mission trips. Uh, because, I mean, We've spoken before about the benefit of mission trips, how God uses that in, in the hearts mm-hmm. of many to expose them to the need of overseas um, people groups and cultures that need the gospel. And so, boy, if I can help encourage mm. uh, someone to go on a mission trip or even get to participate in my own on a mission trip, which helps me kind of dabble in mm-hmm. something like that, like, hey, I get mm-hmm. to take a short-term trip. Uh, and I may not be able to live there, but boy, I can do all I can. That's a neat thing. And and I'm sure mm-hmm. you've met people who have been on multiple trips mm-hmm. um, just because they have a heart for missions, but God didn't put them on the mission field. Yeah. You know, a- as you speak about that, we always like to tie this into uh, the partnering church and, and what can a partnering church to do in these kind of situations that we talk about on the podcast. And... Um, I think uh, I think back to when we had Dr. Sisk on the podcast, and he said he thought one of the one of the things that was kind of a detriment to to the missions movement was that we were hiring full time staff to do everything under the sun that used to be a church member's responsibility. In this next comment, I'm not advocating for a full time position, 
But for the kind of person we're speaking about in in this podcast right now who has this heart for missions, surrendered to, to go, but equally surrendered to stay, that is a great person to have as a missions coordinator in the mm-hmm. church. And I really think that churches do well to have somebody who they call, if you want to call them some other name, if you have a fancier name than missions coordinator, that's cool. I don't care what you call it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, somebody who is going to take on the responsibility of maybe they're going to be the person who who makes sure there's the right housing for the missionaries when they come in. They're going to be the go-to person for, hey, how is missionary A doing on this field over here? Because they keep in contact with them because they have a heart for that. And like you said, they are the ones who are going to be used to organize missions, trips and all, because let's face it, the average pastor doesn't have the time to dedicate to that. And I think most pastors uh, would love to have uh, an individual or a couple who who have that heart. And maybe eventually they do go to the field, but maybe this is their ministry in that local church. And to think of, of the fruit that could come out of that. They lead a missions trip and a couple people are called to missions or more um, through the years, or they encourage a missionary and they take that time that a lot of other people don't have or maybe don't have that same interest and heart for it. And that missionary stays on the field uh, when they were thinking about maybe not staying and they've encouraged them. And, you know, I think a lot of times in any ministry, only eternity will tell a lot of the story of how much impact was had. But I think there's so much fruit born out of that that people maybe don't even consider. And maybe that's why they look and say, well, I want to be the one who goes <laughs> because I there's, there's this real tangible, I can see it, I mm-hmm. can put my hands on it kind of fruit um, where the other ones might not you might not know the story till you get to heaven, yeah. but it's such an important ministry. And and ultimately, the best, it's not just a cliche. The best place to be is where God wants you to be. Yeah. Um, and God, God will use you to your greatest capacity in the place that, you know, he says very clearly, he has placed us in the body where it pleases him. And if we come back to the idea of surrender and what my ultimate goal as a Christian is, and that's to be pleasing to my Heavenly Father, to bring glory to Him, then the best place for me to do that is in the place where it pleases Him for me to be. See, one of the things, and to tackle on to, to the end of that, is that if if God hasn't brought me overseas or to a foreign place, then I should be doing the same job mm-hmm. that I would be doing overseas, but doing it in my local community. Mm-hmm. Sharing, proclaiming, yeah. discipling, mm-hmm. trying to plug in to get someone to plug into a local church. Um, the the task is just the same, is the exact same. Whether I'm in Sri Lanka or whether I'm in Shreveport, mm-hmm. uh, Louisiana, it doesn't matter. I, if God keeps me here in the States, then I need to make sure I'm being that witness, being that discipler, being mm-hmm. that... Um, asset to a local church because that's the tool of which God has established to communicate his message us as the body of believers mm-hmm. and and so it is frustrating and it is sad when you have someone who's like well I'm called to go I mean I'm surrendered to go but God didn't 
move me anywhere, and you find them not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably why they didn't get moved. <laughs> <laughs> well, potentially, yeah, there that could be, but it's just like, well, okay, then do what you're still going, you wanted in to do, mm-hmm. but just do it here. Yeah, there, it doesn't give you in in a built-in excuse to not serve and right. serve diligently, mm-hmm. and and to to just serve as as passionately as they would if they were overseas. And one of the things I often say this at sometimes at missions conference is I talk about like the, the a prayer letter mm-hmm. that how churches expect missionaries to write prayer letters and churches expect um, to see kind of a uh, a display of that missionary working and working hard mm-hmm. at at the cause of the gospel and of church work and evangelism and so on and so forth. And and I turn that around though to the churches and I said mm-hmm. and I say to the audience sometimes well, if you had to write a prayer letter, what would your prayer letter say? Mm. Because we're all called to that ministry of reconciliation. In fact, you quoted that in one of our, uh, in our most recent podcast where we talked about um, God's will for our life and things. And if if I'm called to be that ambassador, if I'm called to be the minister of reconciliation, that doesn't change if I'm in the States right. or if I'm overseas. So mm-hmm. I often say, if you had to write a prayer letter of what mm-hmm. you're doing, mm-hmm. what would your letter look like? Mm-hmm. And and I know, obviously, there's there's going to be a little bit difference, of course, but there really shouldn't be much. There should mm-hmm. be, I am tr- doing these things to try right. to reach people in my community for the cause of Christ. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's, it is quite funny. You see people's response like, ooh, you know, rather than the amen, they do the opposite. It's like, ooh, <laughs> whatever that opposite is, that's the sound they make. <laughs> I have a man who sits next to me in my church, and if, if it's not amen, it's oh my. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an maybe oh that's my. what it it's is. It's an oh my moment <laughs> yeah. um, and things. But, but it is... Because it is true, because my heart is, I want to be used of God wherever he has placed me. And if mm-hmm. I don't have the privilege to live overseas anymore, then I, I'm going to be busy about my father's business while, wherever I'm at. And it's yeah. not an excuse right. to do less, mm-hmm. because I'm working a job here in the States and doing whatever yeah. I, God has me here in the States mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, I, I, I agree a hundred percent, and I think as we as we begin to wrap this up, um, I think one of the things that is important to mention as well is that a lot of times we live by a certain timetable, and then God has a timetable, and you know we say, "Well, I'm surrendered to go," but God hasn't called me, but He might, and I can think of other people that I've met through the years who. I'm surrendered to go, I'm surrendered to go, and years, a couple, few years go by, and and then they do go. Mm-hmm. And that was a time of preparation and growing and God working in their lives and teaching them certain things. And I don't know, I, I know I've told you before, but I always find it so, it, it was such a bizarre, bizarre uh, conversation I had right before, as we were praying, we were in Arizona, we were praying to come here. Uh, back, we had been given the invitation to come back and take the Far North Director's Ministry and do some other things here. And um, and I was talking with a pastor in Arizona. We were having this conversation and nobody knew what we were praying about. 
he, he mentioned to me, he said, hey, where were you before? And I said, oh, uh, we, we served in Quebec. And, and, and I don't think we said 15 seconds, 20 seconds at most about that. And, and then he said, uh, probably a half hour later, he said to me, hey, did you ever think that God might have moved you from Canada to Arizona so that you could do something in Canada again? And I looked at him and I said, that's really weird. No. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, had I not gone through the, the different things that I experienced in Arizona and what God taught me there, I don't think I ever would have been able to say, yes, I think with God's grace, I can take on this new mm-hmm. ministry here. And so I think we have to be surrendered and I've shared before that you know I didn't I didn't want to move to Arizona but I did because that's what God told me to do and it did prepare me for the next step as well because you know we only see right now what's in front of us a step ahead God sees years ahead and and so I would encourage those who are listening and saying but I I I have this heart and I want to go maybe maybe in the future, that will be the case, or maybe not. But in the end, truly, if you're in the place that pleases God, you can't find a better place to be. You generated a line of thought, which I know we don't have time for. So I'm going to toss out what the topic we may cover <laughs> one day in a future podcast well, episode. Past a trilogy, then. <laughs> <laughs> is even someone who's like worked their, their entire life here in the U.S. and they mm-hmm. get to that retired years and... What's to stop them from retiring and living overseas and being that representative of the gospel mm. and and being serving overseas? And and so there's a whole other topic. Just tease mm. it with this. My father-in-law was a factory worker and way older than what you would standard, standard thinking of when a missionary is going to surrender to missions. Mm-hmm. Well, he was always, God, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do with us, we're willing to do. Go and to be and to serve anywhere. And he just worked in Kingsport, Tennessee and mm-hmm. as a factory worker. But it was after his daughter got married to me mm-hmm. and one other son was out of the house. Mm-hmm. He then started a missions career in to work and serve amongst the Navajo Indians. Did deputation, mm-hmm. everything. And so here it was like 30 years later from when he had surrendered, and he was always serving in his local church. He was always serving, serving in the prison, serving in the nursing homes, serving in children's ministry. He was always serving, and then God moved him uh, in his retired years out to sure. New Mexico to work with the Indians yeah. that are there. And and so that opens up a whole other thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. It's a great point about it may not just be right now, but... Mm-hmm. If I'm still surrendered to God, wherever you want me to do, at whatever yeah. age you want me to do it, mm-hmm. that's a that's also a key point there. I think I think the key is in the end, as you said, he he was so involved, so involved, and so the key is as along with surrender is again, I may have already, I think I said it earlier, but uh, is that right spirit and attitude that says, okay, God knows best, so I'm going to do my best right here where He's placed me. If if you can at the end say that that's what you've done, then you fall in the category of Paul and says, "Look, at, I I I fought my fight, I finished my course," 
may not have been the course that you said you wanted to choose, but ultimately, if we can, I've, I've thought so many times, I would just be able to live to say like Paul did, I have finished my course. I've, I've done what God asked me to do. If we can settle that that is probably the, the highest calling for a Christian, then we can go a long way to, to seeing, I think, the Great Commission fulfilled around the world because we do need people all over. We don't need everybody to just go to the far north, although I would love for them too, no. just like you would no. love for them to go to Southeast yes. Asia. Yes, that's it. Right but, <laughs> but we both know, and when we present, we usually are very careful to say, though I would love for you to go. More importantly, I would just love for you to do what God wants you to do yeah. wherever he wants you to do it. So this is part two, I guess, of a trilogy and maybe even a little bit further now that you've thrown the other in the mix and it got me thinking about some things that I'm going to hold off on that that would tie into that, that very idea of having gone through a career and then moving on and doing some things in ministry full time. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, hopefully this has been a help to you who have been listening. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of the podcast. And uh, uh, our plan right now is to follow up with part three. Well, I don't know if we're really going to call it that, but <laughs> um, they do hopefully tie together in ways that we haven't always done with the podcast. And I'm enjoying this. Hopefully you are as well. And it's a help to you. Uh, share this with somebody. If you find it helpful, uh, you can communicate with us, connect with us. You'll see our, our um, contact information in the show notes. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next week. But until that time, have a great week in the Lord. Thank you.